guys. I am so excited. It's Chloe here. We are launching Made for This Plus. We wanted a way to make these like devotional style curated playlists that go deep into some of the topics that you guys request the most, like anxiety and shame, marriage, loneliness, and so many more. When you join Made for This Plus, you get access to live video conversations and Q&As with Jenny and I, and you'll get to listen to never before released teachings, bonus pep talks, And all of these fun things just load right into whatever podcast app you're listening to. So you can join now if you go to JennyAllen.com at the very top of your phone, if you're checking it on mobile or in the top right corner on desktop, and there's a button that says access made for this plus guys, it's $6 a month or $59 a year. And we are going to add a ton of stuff. We've got stuff like a whole Bible study series on Jenny's book, Anything That Currently Doesn't Live Anywhere. And here's another little just heads up. In like two weeks, we are trying to do our first live video conversation and Q&A. So you guys, you have to go join Made for This Plus. So you go to JennyAllen.com, click the top of your screen to access Made for This Plus and join now. And yes, you can gift this to a friend. I cannot wait to see you over there. So come on, go join. This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Thanks to Rothy's for supporting Made for This. Rothy's is known for the point and the flat, but they also make ultra comfortable sneakers, including the new RS02 sneaker and city slip-on sneaker, loafers, boots, and more. Find your new favorite shoes and get ready to be asked, are those Rothy's? Plus $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash made for this. Hey, you're about to hear episode three of a three-part series with Dr. Allison Cook. Make sure you go back and listen to episodes one and two, but we're really glad you're here today. Here's Jenny and Dr. Allison Cook. Well, guys, Dr. Allison Cook, she is a brilliant author and psychologist and has really been instrumental in, I think, training even other counselors in this of what it looks like to identify the different parts of us and how do we go forward without so much fear, without so much anxiety, without feeling frozen and and stuck. Today, what I want to talk about, Allison, this is our last time together. I want to talk about relationships. I want to talk about how this affects our relationships. And also, if we don't work on this, if we don't deal with the issues in us, it's going to cause us to have unhealthy relationships. So one of the things I want you to talk about today is codependency. And let's just set that up as you know, how would you define that? And, and why is that an issue? I think it's everywhere. (laughs) I think it's a huge sort of issue. How I look at it is it's when we're so focused on someone else and we're bypassing the work of our own healing, right? So as a result of wounds, instead of healing our own wounds, we go find someone else to fix, to focus on, to please, (laughs) to perform for. And that becomes our identity. You just got to stop right here for a minute because people are like, oh, crap. You have caught me. You have called me out. Okay. So many women and men right now are listening going, I do this. This is what I do. Okay. So this episode is for you. We need to play the music right now. This is it. Prepare for your world to be changed. Okay. So a lot of us struggle with doing this. 
And you're telling us, okay, that's not necessarily winning because a lot of people are like, wait, 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 no, that has worked well for me. It, it does. And in fact, many, many of us feel like it's the good Christian thing to do, right? Just go find, you know, someone else to fix. And that, that's me being a good, you know, so it's the problem is, <laughs> first of all, God wants more for each of us because, you know, what I talk a lot about is God, God does want to heal you in addition to everyone else around you, right? And the best gift you have to give your relationships is your own healing. Because the problem is when we bypass ourselves and do all the work of focusing on someone else, we fall into enabling, we fall into all the ways in which we're actually potentially not really helping them either. Um, So it's not good for other people. We do it with our kids. We do it with our, you know, we do it across the board and we're not becoming that true self. And so this is where I talk about true self in Christ, not the kind of true self that we're hearing about in our culture where it's just about me and do you and, you know, this true self that Jesus talks about where we become the full whole person that God wants us to become. And then we enter into relationship as two whole people. And then we get to negotiate a beautiful way forward. But codependency breeds resentment. It breeds exhaustion. It breeds burnout. It's when, you know, big Q is when we start to resent the very people we're trying to save, serve, and fix. It's when we find ourselves stuck. We feel alone. We are in a lot of relationships, but nobody knows who we are. It just breeds all sorts of unhealthy stuff in our lives. Mm. So what do we do? (laughs) I mean, I don't have a really complicated question here. (laughs) Where do you start even in unpacking that? Because I would say, you're right. I look around everywhere and I'm I'm sitting there as you're talking going, okay, where do I see this in my own life? I think probably every one of us can say we see this somewhere in our life. Yeah. And this is where, again, we get curious and we start to notice. And this is why we have to pay attention to, again, that those tender parts of our soul. And this was, uh, you know, I'll tell, so from my own story, and I tell this story a little bit in my early thirties, I'm a therapist. I'm studying to be a psychologist. I'm the friend that everybody goes to. I don't know if everybody remembers the movie 27 dresses. You know, I was that girl, you know, I was in everybody's wedding, you know, and I started to, again, just feel resentful of other people. I started to feel, you know, but I wasn't facing my own needs. And so we have to start asking ourselves this question, Jenny, and it feels like a selfish question. But when I started to hit bottom and bottom out, I had to start asking myself, what do I need? Mm. What do I want? And that can feel selfish, but we have to know what we need and what we want and what our convictions are. What do I believe? What do I actually want from my life that God has given me? And then how do I proceed? We have to get back to the root of who we are. And it starts by those simple questions that then we begin to insert in healthy relationships. So it's a whole thing to untangle when we've been living this way a long time, but it'll feel selfish at first because the antidote is to returning to your own self and some of these core questions, not to become selfish, but to become more whole. Guys, if if this is a struggle for you, I want you to go back to my last episode. I taught on this earlier, why it's okay to think about ourselves, but you do something in your book that I think is brilliant, which is you break down, I think what could be considered a cultural or even a church fed idea that we're supposed to be selfless, right? Like that, that is what we're all thinking in our head. And that's, what's rising up in you when you're listening to this. If, if you are pushing back and going, wait, no, my desires, my wants, my needs, 
that's not good. I don't need to pay attention to that. Talk about the three different ways we can view ourselves. Yeah, that's, I mean, because that's every woman who comes into my practice. I, I don't want her to go leave, you know, all these wonderful obligations she's doing, but I do want her to start taking care of herself. And that's a deep thing. That's deeper than just, you know, every once in a while, you know. So I talk about selfhood and I differentiate it from selfishness, which is it's all about me. I don't care anymore. I'm only doing me, right? That's not what God wants for us. Selflessness is it's never about me. It's never about me. I, I never ask for what I want. I, it's always about you. That is not healthy. That is a recipe for codependency. <laughs> It's, and it's not, the, it's not the example we see in Jesus. It is not the example we see in Jesus. And that's what's fascinating to me. I was reading the gospels going, Jesus had a strong sense of himself. He knew what he needed in different situations. And it wasn't always just whatever you need. <laughs> that is not what we see in the gospels, you know? And so selfhood is this sense of it's about me and it's about you. Mm. And that's community. You know, this, you're, you, you, I love your mission to try to get people into healthy community. It's about what I need and it's about what you need. Let's figure that out together. Let's have a conversation. What do you like? What do I like? What are your preferences? Oh, really? I don't love that. I love this. Let's learn about each other. It's about you and it's about me. That's how we start to develop authentic relationships. Mm, that's so good. Now, there are people that are going, I don't have that anywhere in my life. I've never had that in my life. Like, what do you do when it feels like every relationship you've had is somewhat broken or you don't have a good model of this in your life, in your family life, or even in your friendship? Take very, very, very small steps. And what I talk to people about is like, first of all, it's really hard to do in your long-term relationships because you've trained people to treat you in a certain way and it's hard to... To, for people to change how they see you. And that's going to be hard. So if you start to say all of a sudden, you know, you're the person that always shows up and all of a sudden you're like, Hey guys, I can't show up for this. Your friends might not like it. And that's hard. So first of all, I want to say is it's not easy to take. So take small, brave steps. Here's a, here's an example, just a tiny one. You know, let's say there's a friendship. You feel like it's never about you. It's always about them. And I said, what if you just once said, Think of the smallest thing you can think of. Hey, could we meet on my side of town this week? You know, and 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 for you, that might feel like the bravest thing you've ever done because you just <laughs> always default to everybody else. But try it. I mean, I, it's a muscle that you start to build and you'll find out really fast if your friends are like, no, I don't want to do that. Well, golly, that might not be the, the, the best friend. <laughs> or if your friend's like, cool, yeah, I'd love to do that. So you take these small, tiny steps at first. You don't have to blow up the ship, you know? You can start to insert your voice in very small ways. Sometimes it's taking a breath. I'll talk to people if you're used to pleasing everybody, including your kids. I tell this story of dear friend, you know, you know, take I'd eaten, I'd had a big breakfast. We're going, this was when I first realized my own codependent tendencies. We're going to lunch. She's like, Oh, I've got this big plate of brownies. I can't wait to eat them. Do you want a brownie? And I'm I'm sitting there eating brownies and I'm like, I am full. I am not hungry. I don't need this brownie. And I cannot bring myself to say to my friends, no, thank you. I'd rather not. What is that about me? Right? So, I mean, sometimes it's these simple, tiny things where we, we just have to be so, take that breath and go, do I really want to do this right now? Is that what I really want? No, thank you. Or, you know, it can start out really, really small. 
so why is this important? What is the the repercussions if we don't do this or learn ourselves and prioritize ourselves? We wind up in relationships we don't really want. We <laughs> we wind up kind of letting everybody around us tell us who to be, tell us what we want. And again, it might start out small, you know, but you you do you wind up in a life you don't really want all of a sudden. I see it a lot of with the comparison trap. You know, I think social media magnifies this where we, if we don't really know and we start looking around and go, I should want that thing. Everybody has that. Everybody's doing that. That should be what I want. And we think our kids do it, but it happens to us too. It's like, do I really want that? What do I really want? Maybe I prefer this. So that that self-inquiry keeps us, again, staying true if we believe God made us in his image to reflect his image in a unique way, staying true to that God-given self is the best gift we have to give other people, and it's the best gift we have to give God and our children and the people in our lives. So if we don't do it, we're going to wind up in relationships where we're resentful, where we feel constantly like I'm not measuring up because I'm living a life that isn't even the life I want. I think about a common thing I hear from people is just that they they feel like they aren't doing enough, that what they're doing doesn't matter. Is this part of this? Where's that coming from for people? Yeah. I have to do this in my own life. I have to be like, what do I really want? What is God calling me to do? You know, there's this, what's God calling me? What are my desires? What do I actually want to put into the world? Because it is so easy to get on a hamster wheel of what everybody else thinks I should be doing. Is that what I really want? And I don't know many people that put that much effort into thinking through that, but that's integrity. That's Mm. integrity, right? Do I want to be that, you know, it could be in your parenting. Do I want to be that kind of mom that I see all these other moms being, or do I want to be this mom that I am? Mm. Because that's the mom my kids need. But that requires that self-inventory. It requires some work in, inside ourselves. And I would say for me, that freedom didn't really come until late 30s. And I look back at my first 10 years of parenting, and I just feel so sorry for that girl. Like she was exhausted. And she yeah. definitely noticed how everybody else was doing it. And I also look back and think, I knew, I actually had enough clarity of how I wanted to be and what I wanted my kids to be like and how, you know, I I felt clear on the type of parenting I wanted to do and I did it, but there was a voice the whole time basically speaking over me going, this isn't right. This is wrong. This, And I think that's where the freedom we have, I and mean, we've got scripture and then there's a lot of freedom, right? There's a lot of freedom to be different. There's a lot of freedom to do things differently from each other. In fact, there should be differences. Uh, scripture talks about that each of us plays different parts and we're, we're all made uniquely. So there should be a lot of difference in yes. our lives. And I would say if you're looking at your friends and you go, man, we all like the same things. We all are parenting the same way. We're all, I would really stop and like even bring it up in your conversations of we we were made differently. Like we, we really probably should be diverting at different parts that are not right and wrong, but just ways to live, ways to do things that it, we should, it should play out differently and uniquely in our lives. Do you yeah. agree with that? A hundred percent. And that's where that conviction, you know, we are both autonomous. We're both independent where we are, we stand before God accountable to. And so, and we're in community. And so, man, a big thing for me was, you know, I'm not, 
great with decorating. That is not my gift. And so I can go into all my friends' beautiful homes and be like, I should be more like that. I should be spending a whole lot of time on that, which is not something I'm good at and not something I enjoy. Or I can spend time on what I'm good at and what I enjoy and love going over to their homes and love it when they come over to my home. But that required some work on my part to go, look, I don't want, I, you know, it, 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 we then appreciate, we become more of the body of Christ. I appreciate more instead of envying, instead of comparing, I'm like, that is so cool that you yes, do that. I that love is, that. Yes. Because guess what? I'm doing what I love. And it's I know. Different. You guys, I'm telling you, this is the secret to happiness right here. I cannot tell you how free I am in delighting over other people. And I, I, I understand that comparison is rampant and everybody's feeling it. But I don't. And it's because of that. It's what you're saying. I literally well up inside when I see my friends doing the things they're great at and they're succeeding. I just, it brings me so much joy. And I think part of that is just doing the work and me knowing, you know what, this is what I'm good at. And this is what I bring. And I'm not, I'm not good at everything. And I'm not, and I'm not even great at the things I'm good at, but, but I'm good at them and I can bring them to the table and I don't have to be as great as other people to, for it to mean something and for it to matter. And I think that is something I would wish for every single one of you. And I think that it's so cool that that's where the conversation has gone today, Allison, because I really do think it's at that core of what are we looking at and how are we looking for people to fill us rather than doing the work in ourselves and noticing, you know what, I'm insecure about that. But that doesn't mean the answer to that would be getting what that other person has. Exactly. And that to me is selfhood. Selfhood is the work of going okay, I know getting curious, not shaming myself. I notice, you know, I'm comparing myself or I want that thing. Or I, and then doing the, taking the U-turn, which we talk about that going, what is, what do I actually want? Because, mm. and what is, how did God design me? And how do I become that person, that best of who I am? That's where there's freedom. That's where there's freedom to both delight in myself, delight in God, delighting in me and delight in other people. And it's work. It is take work. It's not easy, but it does happen. And and there's freedom, isn't it? I mean, it's just so delightful. Then I have so much fun being with my friends who are so good at things that I just finally was like, I'm going to let go of that in my life and enjoy it in other people and focus on what the things that I, I think God's calling me to and that bring me joy. It's a lot of freedom. I can't wait that I finally get to wear my fall sweaters here in Texas because it's cooling down and it's fun to wear some casual jeans, a sweater, and my Rothy's. Rothy's can be your new obsession for fall and really every season because they're so comfortable. They have so many different styles and colors and guys, you can wash them. Rothy's just launched two new sustainably made sneakers that are extremely comfortable and you can wear them all day long. The best part is that Rothy's makes everything from repurposed single-use plastic bottles. All of the different styles can transition easily from season to season because they're all machine washable. I got a really cute pair of hot pink Rothy's flats because it's just fun to add some color to an outfit sometimes. I use, I wear a lot of neutral colors. And so my hot pink Rothy's point shoes are some of my favorites and they feel like you're wearing socks on your feet because that's how comfortable they are. And even after you wash them, they look brand new. And so now I'm going on two and a half years of having my Rothy's and I'm amazed at how they've held up. Get stylish shoes, versatile and durable enough to wear all the time with Rothy's. Get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash made for this. 
That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash made for this. I know one thing that helps with codependency is boundaries, right? And we we talk about that. In fact, I, I make fun of it in my last book because I do think we tend to throw up boundaries a little too quickly, write people off that are imperfect a little too quickly because we all are. And so let's talk about what a healthy relationship with boundaries with people would look like, and especially in light of this conversation. Yeah. And I agree with you. I think boundaries can be weaponized. I think we can use boundaries to punish. You know, I think we can use boundaries to avoid. Boundaries can be very misused. I I actually don't get into external boundaries until chapter six of the best of you. Cause I'm like, if we're not doing this deep work internally first, we're not, we're setting boundaries in all the wrong ways. So I agree with you. I think where boundaries come in is boundaries are not primarily about other people at all. They come out of this work you and I are talking about, which is a life where I know who I am before God. I know the, the talents. I know the blind spots. I know the areas of woundedness. And therefore, I do need to set guardrails in my life. So those guardrails are about protecting the beautiful soul that I want to become. They're very rarely about anybody else. Now, where I, when I know where my areas of woundedness are, and I know the person that's going to trample on that, yeah, I'm going to put a guardrail up there to keep myself healthy. But that's the key. It's to keep myself healthy, not to punish them, not to discard them, but to say, oh, this is painful, but I, I can't stay healthy and to the things I need to stay healthy on and also do that or be there. Right. But it's, it's much less, I always say boundaries actually start with yes. What am I saying yes to? What am I moving toward? What is God calling me to? And then those boundaries become those guardrails so that I stay healthy. Now, when you're dealing with a toxic parent, when you're dealing with, especially those are hard ones, right? I do. I will say to people, your job is to stay healthy in your own marriage with your own kids And if that parent in particular is knocking you off of that, then we do have to put those guardrails in place. They're important. But that's a very different thing than just ghosting somebody, you know, than than avoiding a courageous conversation. So boundaries, again, if we look at Jesus, we look at his life, he treated different people in different ways. We have to use a lot of dexterity and skill in how we set our boundaries. And they have to flow from that conviction inside that we know where we're going and we know where God's calling us. And unfortunately, that does mean there's going to be some things that fall off of that path. Yeah. And I think, you know, I've walked through this with several friends that have had to set boundaries and they feel so guilty that whole time. Yeah. Speak to that person that goes, you know what, I'm doing my best here. And and yet I need some space to figure this out. Like, what would you what would you say to them? Yeah. When we feel guilt after setting a healthy boundary, sometimes guilt doesn't mean we've done something wrong. We can feel guilty after we've done something healthy and brave and right. And we feel guilty because we taught ourselves, you know, I should, I should always please this person, this toxic person, this person who's hurt me. And so we feel guilty when we all of a sudden change, when we disappoint people. But we're not called, you know, to make everybody else happy. We're called to stay healthy mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and to stay the course with the relationships that God has called us to. So guilt is not necessarily a direct line from God. Guilt can mean we've done something really, really brave. And it's a new muscle that we've got to develop and say, you know, I feel guilty. And again, that's a part, right? That's a part of me that's guilt tripping me and going, wait a minute, did I do something wrong? Mm. 
It's a good question. If I can't name that in really simple terms, oh, I yelled at my kid. Okay, yes, I did something wrong. I need to go apologize. If it's, did I do something wrong? I didn't, you know, respond to that toxic text. I didn't do anything wrong. Okay, then, you know, you try to get some space and just train, retrain yourself what health is. I just want to say thank you so much, Allison, for being here and how this it really does. I mean, it reshapes and retrains your mind to live differently. And I know so many of you right now are listening to this going, this is just barely scratched an itch that I know I have and I need to go deeper. And we're going to have all those resources for you in the notes section of this. We don't want to leave you hanging. We, we know so many of you, this is really just opening a can of worms. And we, we want you to actually have real tools to go with. A great tool is her book that just came out the best of you. And it is, in fact, everybody go right now and order it on Amazon. It it lays out a lot of the things we're talking about in a deeper way. So Allison, thank you so much. Would you close in prayer and just ask God to be with all of these people that are listening that want more out of their lives? And hopefully too, it will translate into healthier relationships as well. Yeah. And dear Father, God, Jesus, you are a God of healing. You are a God that wants to heal souls You are a God that wants to heal hearts. It is in your heart and you bring healing. And I just pray through Jenny's work, through these words, Lord, your Holy Spirit would reach all the hearts and souls of people listening with your healing. Lord, you are the author of healing and you want to bring healing into every single life. So we just pray. We pray for resources. We pray for courage, Lord, to reach out for that healing that you have for each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. This is just part of the amazing little series that we are doing with Allison. I mean, she's amazing, and you need to go right now find her book. It's called The Best of You. You can go to any book retailer and find it. And if you want more from Allison, she's got a podcast, and you can go to drallisoncook.com. Thanks. We'll see you next time.